0: I'm going in search of witches. Witches? Witches. I guess you found me out, huh? Yeah. You should come around here on Halloween. You'd really see something then. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we all jump off the roof and fly. You know, sort of like uh, a coven. You We've know, placed Fester under some strange sexual spell. At what time will we be spellcasting? And welcome to Moonstone Witchery, the podcast where we talk about witchcraft and spirituality in a modern context. My name is Rianne Lockard, and I am so excited to be here with you. It's been a minute. Sorry about it. I am back, though, and let's get started. You can find me everywhere in the virtual world by searching for Moonstone Witchery, um, and that's going to just about cover that for the day. Um, if you want to book an intuitive reading with me or any kind of coaching or something, uh, go on over to my website, com and find me there. Um, okay, so I kind of wanted to do a little bit of, like, story time with everybody today because um, because I think I should and <laughs> because I am realizing that I um, haven't always shared all of my backstory with everybody, and I've actually had um, a few people bring up a couple cool things that relate. So I'm just gonna stop with the preamble. I'm just gonna go ahead and get started. Loosely, this episode's gonna be kind of about the Akashic records and the concept of um, predestination versus free will. You know, small topics, just small, short, little topics. Let's cover those things in half an hour or so. Um, but in general, I also want to weave in a little bit of what's going on. With me or how I got here, um because i I get asked a lot on interviews um not that i'm like I'm not like <laughs> I'm out here like like on Beyonce or something you know on interviews people are constantly like no like when i'm when I'm doing a couple when I'm being interviewed on some other podcasts, people like to ask me like how did I get started or when or what did I what made me know that I was psychic or what made me know that I was intuitive or spiritually connected. And so I just thought I would put this out there a little bit. Um, So when I was little, I remember so very vividly that I could at that time remember so vividly what it felt like in the pre-birth realm. And I don't mean like, In the womb, or when I was, you know, in my mother's belly, I could remember what the energy was of the infinite realm of spirit, I guess. And when I was little, I could just feel that feeling whenever I needed to. Um, And I didn't realize it, but I was seeing my own angels, and they were during hard times. They were saying to me, don't forget where you come from, and don't forget that the foundation of everything is that feeling, that realm, that plane that you can recall so quickly. And this was important for me growing up because I grew up in um, a household. At the time, I thought it was normal and fine. And through lots of therapy, I've come to understand that it was a pretty emotionally abusive environment, occasionally physically abusive. Um, And I was dealing with sexual abuse at a young age. There was a lot happening for me. And I, I would just often wish that I could just uncheck the box that signed me up for being on this plane of existence. Um, And, you know, some people might diagnose that as like childhood depression, and maybe it is. But I've always had this intense awareness of the stark difference between what life feels like incarnated in a body and what the realm on the other side was made of, and I always kind of knew that this reality was fake. And you know, I talk about that randomly all the time. I made a um, um, I posted some type of meme about that on Instagram recently. That was just like, um, it's like Andy from Parks and Rec, and he's making that like goofball face, and it's like, you arrive to hell. Or like you are, you die and then Satan's like how was hell and you go oh my god I knew it like implying that this realm is the hell you know um, and so many people like I posted that and I was like it's pretty dark I bet I might get I might catch some something for this because you know I'm always catching something over on my Instagram um, but so many people were like oh my god yes and that was very validating and like healing for me in some type of way but anyway. As I was little and as I was coping, I had the benefit of that recollection. You know, I was born pretty awake. I was born awakened. God, that's such a stupid sentence, though, isn't it? I was born awakened. Like, no, I don't. I can't stand it. Like, I can't even stand it as it's leaving my mouth. But it's the. Th- it's like it's a thing. So I don't know how to say that without it being so epically gross. Because to me, it's not some type of status situation. It's not some type of elevation. It's not something that makes me more anything. Um, If anything, they had to send me here with that because what they did was they put me in some pretty terrible situations and the only reason i was okay was because i had such a deep connection to spirit from such a very young age it's almost like they sent me here on one of those child leashes that you see people like in the mall having like their kids on a leash <laughs> it's like i i was like leashed to spirit from a young age So I couldn't stray too far because I wasn't going to be able to be all right. Otherwise, like to me, having this connection to spirit is almost like my handicap because it's like and we're not supposed to say that word anymore. So I, I apologize and retract it, actually. Sorry. But it's like the thing that it shows me that I wouldn't have been okay without it. It's like my crutch. Do you know what I'm saying? the fact that I am so connected to spirit. Um, I actually really admire people who chose to incarnate as atheists because I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't do it. I would not be able to be here legitimately believing that there was no anything else. I don't think I could do that. So they they knew that about me, and they gave me this intense connection. Like, oh, my God, like the spiritual realm is and always has been more real, more vivid to me than whatever it is that we're looking at. Um, Sometimes I can just even, I feel like I can see that this is not it. But whatever, I'm starting to sound a little off it, so let's just like keep it moving. So I could remember all of that, and it did help me immensely um, because I was being raised by people who were objectively probably maybe... Doing their best. I'm just going to extend that to them as the default. And their best was just starkly in opposition to what I needed. And that's okay. But that was the truth for me. And as someone who was raised by someone who has, in my opinion, um, narcissistic personality disorder, I was taught a lot of things that didn't resonate with my soul. I was raised by someone who has a scarcity mentality versus an abundance mentality. And this is so one of the cornerstones of spiritual growth and development. Um, This is so one of the things that matters in terms of reclaiming your life and finding an actual path to actual happiness is switching yourself from a scarcity mentality to an abundance mentality but I was raised by someone with a scarcity mentality she did not believe there was enough of anything enough blank enough of love enough kindness enough gratitude there wasn't enough of anything and so when someone has a scarcity mentality they withhold Ebenezer Scrooge is the perfect example of a scarcity mentality as um, personified by someone who focuses that mentality on money, right? He would he was very wealthy, but he wouldn't spend a single cent because he was afraid of the lack. Someone with a scarcity mentality withholds, they hoard it like a dragon sitting on top of their pile of treasure, but they never get to enjoy it because they're hoarding it, right? Whereas someone with an abundance mentality believes that there is always enough and they will always have access to that energy of enough. And so they have a sandwich and it might be the only sandwich they're going to eat that day and they happily share it with their best friend or with their dog or with the birds in the park because they take joy in the sharing because they know about the abundance okay and so i was raised like i said thousands of times at this point with a scarcity mentality you know the whole sentence is like oh that person's just like out to get you or that person's jealous of you or whatever um always looking for The negative motivation, always preparing for the worst, always having our guard up. These were the things that I was taught. But because I had that recollection of that beautiful realm, I didn't ever want to learn those lessons. I didn't want that to be what life was like. I didn't agree with it. I was like, this doesn't make any sense, though. Cause it didn't make any sense to me and it still doesn't make any sense with me because it doesn't resonate with everything that I came into this world knowing to be so. <clears throat> and so when I was able to, I grew up and I left the house that I was raised in and I immediately enrolled in life coaching school and I did a lot of research and um, the reason I chose life coaching was because life coaching is about proactive behaviors. It's about, well, my, my very boring and clinical definition of life coaching is behavior modification for goal attainment, meaning change the way you act to have the life you want, right? Like change your behavior so you can have the life you want, You're going to hear like lawnmowers in the distance, I think. Sorry, my windows are closed in my office. but So I enrolled in life coaching school and I literally said to them, I need someone to teach me how to raise myself to be the person that I know I actually am instead of being the person that I was taught that I was supposed to be. Because these two people are in stark opposition to themselves and I can't live like this. I didn't like who I was when I was acting in alignment with who I was raised to be, but I literally hadn't been exposed to anything else, so I didn't know what to do. And so at 19 years old and 20 years old, I was in life coaching school learning how to do that and I did learn how to do that and it has changed my entire life and now And ever since then, I got to be the real person I was inside. I got to live from a place of abundance. See, because my mother was always telling me to pay attention to other people's motives because they were negative. And it was my job to see what other people's negative motives were and to throw up my barriers and protect myself from them. And that's how she lived her life, and that's what she instilled in me. But see, I was on the receiving end of my mother's perspective for my entire life. And I knew how many times I had done something from a place of love and kindness towards her. And how many times it had gotten misconstrued and misinterpreted and misunderstood and thrown back in my face. And I was told, you are so manipulative. You are such a liar. You are such a bad person. And I know it. And I wasn't. So. The fact that I had had so many of those experiences paired with everything I could remember from the other realm, paired with all the conversations I would have with my guides and my angels every night when I would fall asleep and all the times I would leave my body to go visit my friends in their own beds and just look around the world and all the things I knew and paired all of that together I was like, no, it's not that. I have this theory, and at 19 years old, this felt like a very radical theory, but I was like, I have this theory that everyone is made out of love, though. Like, I have this theory that everyone's trying to do the best they can, and maybe we haven't been taught how to do that, but we all want to do that. I have this theory that all we really want is love and connection, both to give love and connection and to receive love and connection. And I have this theory that if only we could have the right tools or the right behaviors or the right communication, that we could all just come from that place and maybe everything would be okay. I had that theory. And so I went to that school and I got trained in how to change all of the behaviors that I didn't like about myself and it was deep 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 shadow work and I had to be so willing to be accountable because even though those lessons I was taught didn't originate within me I was the one who was still carrying them and I had to choose to put them down and I had to choose to see the places that I had harmed people and that I had hurt people, and that I had projected my wounds onto other people and made them villains in my story. And it was a lot of shadow work. All that shadow work is, by the way, is a willingness for you to take accountability for the things that you do that might be coming from a place of hurt and woundedness and dark places within yourself that you're scared to look at. That's shadow work. And so I went to life coaching school at a very young age, and I learned all this, and I raised myself to be the person that I wanted to be, and I was able to come from that place of love, and more importantly, I was able to see others coming from that place of love, and that's an abundance mentality too. Because when we can see others in their innocence, and that's what I call it in my coaching practice, be willing to see the innocence in others, that means assume the best. Assume everyone's coming from a place of love and it just got distorted, untwisted along the way through bad communication or... Um, a reactive state of mind instead of a proactive state of mind or someone feeling hurt so they immediately respond in a way that isn't in alignment with their highest self or whatever the case may be. But everything is duality, right? We must do that with a grain of salt. We must do that, see others in their innocence, only to a point, and that point is not so that we are so permissive of them that they can inflict pain upon us and we can just be endless with our compassion about it, but that we can say, this person's inflicting pain because they are in pain, but I can still get away from that, right? But back to little me. So little me could... Really, really, like, she could remember so many of her past lives. She could talk to her angels as she fell asleep. I would go in and psychically check on everybody that I knew. My prayer as I would fall asleep at night was to heal each and every person, and I would scan everyone I knew and offer them healing for everything they were going through. And when I was nine... And this is the Akashic Records portion of events. So if you've been waiting for it, thank you for hanging in there. And we're getting there now. When I was nine, I had a realization. I had had several realizations by this point. One of them was, I think something's up with me spiritually. <laughs> like, I really think that something is going on here. Another one was... Um, I really believe that there's more to this realm than we know about. A third was, I don't think I belong in this family that I'm in. That was a hard one to swallow. And then the last one was, oh my God, I'm pretty sure I'm gay. And I wasn't going to go ahead and be okay with being in a family that was really hard on me and diminishing to my sense of self, and also simultaneously be in a situation where I was going to be discriminated against or harmed or made fun of by my own family, first and foremost, in my opinion, at the time, that's what I thought would happen. And I wasn't going to be willing to be seen because, see, when I was nine, I was very scared. I didn't want anyone to see me because, up until that point, and even for years to come, anyone seeing me never led anywhere good. Everyone I thought hated me. I was the youngest of a lot um, of children that were a lot older than me. There was three siblings that I had, and I still have three siblings, and they, they were all teenagers when I was born. And none of them were happy that I existed. And they made this abundantly clear to me what felt like every single day of my life. The story of my mother telling people she was pregnant involves a lot of tears and upsetness. And this story got told fairly often and it always hurt my feelings. Like, how is why is that the story of me being announced in the world? And that doesn't make me feel better. Like, that makes me feel... From the beginning, I wasn't accepted. And so I didn't want there to be any reason. I wasn't going to give them anything else to hold against me. Because they already didn't like me for so many reasons. All of which were valid in their eyes. None of which were valid in mine. And... I mean, that side of the story has a happy ending. I'm very, very close with my two sisters. Um, I love my brother, and it's all okay now as adults. But in the moment, I wasn't in a place where I was going to go ahead and be okay with it. I didn't I couldn't take on anything else. And so I had visited this place in meditations at age nine, that I hadn't realized I was even doing meditations. I just knew I liked to close my eyes and talk to the guides that were standing there. And I liked to speak to my angels in the middle of the night. And I liked to say, take me to the pretty places that you know about. And I liked to go visit things. And I knew I had gone there before and I had seen this big book. And I knew that in that big book, there was a map about my life and I knew that I was in charge of that map about my life and so when I had this awareness I woke up one morning and the first thought in my mind was I am gay and I said oh no I'm not not today and that night when I went to sleep I said I'm gonna go to that book and I'm going to read what it says and if it says that I'm gay I'm going to change it because I can't take another thing and still be in this world and so I did I went to that place and my guide was with me and the whole time there was a lot of nervous energy happening because they knew my guide what that what I was going to do and there was a lot of but you already agreed to this before you got here. And there was a lot of me saying, yeah, but I didn't know what this was going to feel like. You all forget what this feels like when you're here. Like, is anybody remembering what this feels like? Because this is worse than I remembered. You know, like I have been sassy my entire life. Um, and I went into that book and I remember when I was little and I was falling asleep that same night, I was, and I wasn't asleep, but when I was getting into my meditative state, I was saying to myself, well, I can't be gay because I'm, I have this inner knowing that I'm supposed to be a mother. (laughs) And at the time, I had no idea, this is the 90s, I had no idea that I could be gay and be a mother. I didn't know that. I didn't know a gay person. I had no idea that it was possible I thought I would have to sacrifice this inner knowing. And I said, how could these two worlds exist? I want to be a mother. I don't want to be gay. I want to be a mother, right? And so I went in and I said, I'm changing the book. And I remember my guide responded with, but you have made agreements with us that you cannot change. That is your entire purpose. You yourself said you were only going to incarnate to do these things that you agreed to. And I knew what they were. They were things like be a spiritual teacher and spread the word about spirituality, much as I'm doing on this podcast, actually. And it still doesn't cease to amaze me how it's all come about, like the fulfillment of that. But that's probably a conversation for a different episode but write a book teach spirituality teach people how to be okay and I remember them telling me that these were the things I was supposed to do with my life and I was like how am I ever going to do any of that I'm not okay right (laughs) this isn't when I was young and they said you yourself were like I'm only doing this so I will making agreements to to Fulfill this path that you have laid out, right? And I said, yeah, absolutely. I still uphold my end of the agreement. It's just that I'll do those things after you let me become a mother. And I remember knowing that I was allowed to say that, that I had enough free will, that I was allowed to change the pathway for myself if I wanted to. And I remember picking up that pen, and writing in that book, and signing my name, and closing it, and walking away, and so it was done, and my life did begin to take a trajectory wherein I was aware of my sexual orientation, but I was able to ignore it enough or downplay it or put it in a box. Or this was also during the time when like being bisexual was like trendy and cool and like the straight boys loved it when the girls would kiss at the party and whatever. And so I could like be cool, like a cool version of gay, not like super gay, but like a pretty hetero version of gay which is really messed up to be honest with you the whole thing is really messed up but I did that for so many years and I had a relationship with a woman in college for a brief period of time and I was always back and forth and it doesn't matter but eventually I did get married and I purposely married someone who I thought was going to be a really good father because that was all I cared about. That was what I wanted, right? I thought he would be a good father. I thought he would be a good husband. That's why I chose him. And it didn't go that way, and that's okay. He's doing the best he can. We all are. But we weren't ultimately compatible. But see, I had written in that book I wanted to be a mother. I wanted to have my children. And I had two children. And immediately after I had my daughter, I was, like, too gay to stay. (laughs) I was like, no more. I can't do this anymore. And there's so much more to the story of how that happened. But for the purpose of this episode... um. What I'm sharing is that the second that the agreement was fulfilled, right, my agreement was back in action, the second that I had gotten the thing met that I had altered, I was called forth to be who I actually was supposed to be. And all the while in the background, I had been doing all of the work and having all of the education and learning all of the things I needed to be this version of who I am now and who I was about to step into. I was in divinity school. I was already ordained. I was already having a private practice. I had already been in private practice in my life coaching business for like eight years by the time I had had my first child. Um... So I was already on that trajectory, both simultaneously existed, but it couldn't take off. It couldn't flourish until I was back on the path that I had originally set myself onto. But I had taken a little detour because I could, because we have free will. And so this is now a conversation about free will and predestination and the Akashic Records. And I told you that whole story, that very personal story about myself. Because I want you to understand that this isn't speculative. This isn't something I've read on a series of websites or in a bunch of books. This is my own firsthand experience. And so you can take it with a grain of salt. You can say, she's just sharing what she knows. And I think we should do that with everything. Every lesson we ever learn from anybody, it's always going to be filtered through their perspective. It's always going to have their bias on it. We can all only just share what we know, right? Like, I can't share something I don't know. And anything I do share is going to be filtered through me because I'm the one who's sharing it, right? And so, yeah, I'm sharing what I know. And no, I actually haven't really researched this too much because I don't want my inner knowing to get altered by other people's inner knowing, right? And so... Here are some things about this whole conversation. Predestination says your life is already planned out ahead of you. It's an old, old concept. Um, I believe like the Calvinists were the ones who disagreed with it or maybe it was Martin Luther. Somebody disagreed with the concept of predestination. And they said, I think there is free will, but they said it in a different way. Free will would say, there is no plan. Everything is completely up to you. My understanding, based on my lifetime with having my guides, my experience with my own blueprint in that book that I told you about, and all the readings I've done, and just the life that I have lived, my experience is that it is, like everything else, It is a blend of those two concepts. See, I think that we do, some of us at least, make certain agreements for things we will fulfill or try to fulfill or work towards while we're here. What if this realm is actually important and it's not just a sandbox, but what if we're here to contribute positive energy and to shift the overall balance or to at least get things into balance of positive energy and negative energy, whatever that might mean. Because I have a secret theory that the universe is just trying to get into harmony and balance and equilibrium. And so us coming here and learning to be coming from that state of abundance and generosity rather than scarcity and harshness, it really does shift the dynamic of the whole plane, in my opinion. And so I do think that some of us are like, yeah, I'll come down there or over there or wherever. I'll pop in. I'll blip in. I'll spawn. I'll respawn into a state of existence. And I will attempt to do the self-work required to get to a place of um, an abundance, generous mentality and contribute positive energy in that capacity. That's my agreement. And it can be as simple as that. And then other people are like, yeah, um, I'll go incarnate and then make this cool invention that the humanity needs or whatever, or I'll try to. But then I also believe that We are gifted with so many opportunities to make decisions, and those decisions either lead us towards that agreement's fulfillment or not. See, we are able to either act on our own behalf and be in alignment with our highest good, or our highest self anyway, or we can divert ourselves, and go in a completely different direction based on our free will. We know we have free will because we're given choices and we can do whatever we want with those choices, but we also know that sometimes that free will is questionable because occasionally we we'll make a choice and then everything conspires against it, <laughs> and that happens fairly often too. That's that blending, right? That's that in-between, that gray zone. And so, it is our job to say, I want to discover why I'm here. Turns out maybe I made an agreement in some fancy book somewhere. <laughs> what is that agreement and how can I find out what it is? And we can find out what it is by saying to ourselves, what makes me feel the most like me in this life? What makes me feel like myself? If I could show up in all my honesty, my authenticity, my integrity, if I could show up as myself, what would I do? Who would I be? How would I be? What would that look like? And then our next question is, what do I have to heal in order to let myself be that person, because that is how I will fulfill this blueprint, right? Now this leads us to the conversation about like, okay, well what's written in that damn book and do we have a say in it? And as I showed you earlier, I think we do have a say in it. Well, how do we get there? I have no idea, I got there through meditating. Do I recommend changing your blueprint? No. (laughs) Um, because i am confident that had i had trust in the process i would have still gotten to be a mother and my beautiful children still would have gotten to be born into this realm it just would have happened in a different way but I didn't have that trust because I was raised in a scarcity mentality and I didn't know how to trust, so I was too scared. So I went back and I took matters into my own hands because that, for me, is one of the ways that I feel safest because I've always been a witch. And a witch is in charge of the energy of her life. And so I don't recommend changing the blueprint. I recommend trusting the blueprint. And the way the blueprint guides us is through our int- intuition through our inner knowing and through our joy because I have to share something else with you and I've said this before probably on this podcast I was told very clearly that the purpose of life is not about learning lessons we everyone likes to say this everyone's like oh your life's purpose is to come down and like learn all these lessons why <laughs> like number one There's some victim blaming over there about that to me. Number two, why would it be all about the self, super ego, narcissist alert, right? Like, why would my life's purpose be for me to come struggle and learn from the struggle? Sounds like pain, sounds like scarcity, sounds like the opposite of the abundance of love that I believe we're all coming from. I was told that's not it. Yeah, we are gifted with certain qualities and things that we can bring to this realm if we are able to be ourselves. But our purpose isn't to struggle. Our purpose is to give away Our purpose is to find out who we are, what our gifts are, and to give them all away. Because that is the energy of generosity, abundance, and love. Because we know that we can never give away ourselves; We only create more of ourselves. I cannot give away a hug. I can't give a hug without receiving a hug. Giving a hug is really creating a hug. Giving away your love is creating more love. If I love someone, I'm filling myself with the energy of love. And when I say, I love you, I am also feeling that love in that moment. That is how abundance works. Abundance knows there is no limit. Abundance knows that what I Give. I also create, but that's not why I give it. I give it because I I want to share it. I love to share it. I want others to have access to it, and I know I'm going to be okay. Scarcity would say, I'm here to experience trials and difficulties and learn from them. Learn what? How to suffer? We are just... Avoiding, dodging, recovering from tragedies all the time because this is a real plane of existence and things happen here. It's that gray zone of predestination and free will. Things are just going to happen. The rocks are just going to fall and we have to dodge them, but that's not the point. The point is, can we be ourselves while dodging them. Can we not focus on that, but focus on the joy of the dance that we create while dodging the rocks? There's that quote that's like, something about like, life's not about waiting for the storm to pass, it's about learning how to dance in the rain. That. That. That's it. And so... Our job is to find out who we are, find out what lights us up and makes us happy, find out what things don't light us up and make us happy and establish boundaries around those things and to keep away from them. And to be ourselves and to access whatever secret joy and giftedness we have so we can share it with others and thereby uplift their lives. As well. So is there a blueprint? Are there Akashic Records? I think so. Pretty positive because of my experience. But again, it's just my experience. Have we had other lives? And do they pertain to the lives we have now? Yeah, I think so. I think we're always trying to bring a certain type of energy that's uniquely ours to the world. And give it away. And contribute to that beautiful whole of abundance. Are we supposed to go in and like edit these Akashic records or change them or modify them? I don't recommend it. <laughs> I don't recommend it. Oh my gosh. To think of all the time I lost by being somebody I wasn't, ugh, God, it like makes me want to cry. But I chose that path because I didn't feel safe to do something else and that's okay. Okay. It is the marriage of the free will and the intuitive inner knowing. It is the marriage of being pulled in a certain direction because you know it belongs to you and making the choice to walk that direction. It is the blend of both knowing and choosing. Of being in the energy and in the flow and letting it take you wherever it goes. And also actively purposefully swimming to that channel and getting into that flow on purpose and paddling along with it along the way it is that blend everyone wants it to be an easy answer but usually it's very complicated and very blended and very gray zone and that has been my experience So that is my return to the podcast talk for the day. I know this is a little bit of a different kind of episode, and I'm having kind of a different energy about it, but y'all, Mercury's in retrograde. I think it's trying to kill me this time around. (laughs) Oh my God, and I'm only like half joking about that. And everything's been a little weird. I don't know how you guys are doing, but for me, everything's been a little bit weird. But one thing that hasn't been weird has been my connection with everybody over on Instagram and even on Facebook where my little Facebook group is like killing it. It's awesome. And I get to connect with you guys and it's so freaking awesome. So to everyone who messages me or who has said you've missed my podcast or for everyone who sends me ideas for things to talk about or just in general, I really appreciate all of you. Thank you. Reach out to me and tell me what else you'd like to hear about. And I know one or two of you have left me comments and I've been like, oh my God, I'm definitely going to talk about that. Um, And then I don't think I wrote down what those topics were if that speaks to you please message me and tell me what I told you I would record a podcast about I would really appreciate it another side note this is just like a disclaimer or some form I had someone message me saying that I used her story on one of my podcasts but the facts weren't right and I had changed the facts To make it something it wasn't. And she was very upset with me. But what she didn't understand was that the reason the facts didn't match. Was because it wasn't her story that I was using. See sometimes I'll talk about a client session and I won't use names. um, But everybody has to understand I am doing readings and coaching calls for six to eight hours every single day. I'm talking to, to six to eight people every single day. That's a lot of people. And a lot of times your stories are fairly similar. So part of one client's story was familiar to this other former client. And she said to herself, and I had done one reading with her. She had said to herself, that sounds kind of like my thing, but the details are different, but she's using it and changing it. And I said to her, why? Why? Would your automatic assumption be that I would take your story and change it? If it didn't match, it didn't match because it wasn't actually your story. Yes, I see in my notes that there are similarities. But no, it is not the same story. And I'm saying to you right now, listeners, especially if you've had a reading with me, and thank you so much if you have, if I'm ever going to use any of your stories, I will ask you your permission, even though I won't be saying your name. You will know. I will contact you before I talk about it or before I publish the episode. If I just randomly am in a tangent and I talk about it, I will reach back out to you. I take notes on all my calls, and I keep them really organized. You will know. So the person who I was talking about, I had already contacted them, and they had already given me permission to share that story. I just needed to put that out there because I find integrity to be a really important part of spiritual work. And there's a lot of spiritual practitioners out here that don't operate from a place of integrity. That bothers me. It gives us all a bad name. So I promise all of you that I will always come from a place of my integrity. And that said, I hope you all have a beautiful rest of your day. Please find me on Facebook or Instagram. I'm moonstone underscore witchery over there. I am on YouTube. I did post a new video. Actually, I posted two. If y'all could go like subscribe to my cute little channel, that would make my day. Um. Oh, and oh my God. Oh my God. My virtual assistant is going to kill me. She did so much work on this and I'm not even saying anything till the very end. I have a Patreon. I can't tell you guys. So many people have messaged me. Like, I'm not kidding about this. This is crazy. I have had about five people. So maybe that's not so many, but in my life, I only need to hear something twice to really get it. But I've had five people, I think, message me and say, my guides are telling me to tell you that you need to have a Patreon. Like, what? I was like, all right. And then I heard it again, and then I heard it again, and I was like, okay, I guess I'll figure it out, and then I don't have time to figure it out, and then I finally figured it out, and my sweet assistant helped me so much. Um, Look her up. She's off-grid mermaid, but anyway, so I finally have a Patreon, so if you are inclined to support my work... um, in that capacity, please find my Patreon. Uh, I don't know the the link, but it's everything's Moonstone Witchery. So you can search on Patreon for Moonstone Witchery. I have little cute incentives. Like you can get like monthly card pulls or something like that. Um, I figured out some cute little thing to do. But anyway, just I thought that was funny. And I do have a Patreon. All right. Enough of the commercials. I hope you all have a beautiful, blessed day and week. And I sincerely hope to be back again soon. Um, lots of love.